Brother Bruce has a special. Hark is the shepherd's voice I hear Out in the desert dark and drear Calling the sheep who call astray Far from the shepherd's fold away Bring them in, bring them in Bring them in from the fields of sin Bring them in, bring them in Bring the wandering ones to Jesus Who go and help this shepherd kind Help him the wandering ones to find Who bring the lost ones to the fold where they'll be sheltered from the cold. Bring them in, bring them in, bring them in from the fields of sin. Bring them in, bring them in, bring the wandering ones to Jesus. Out in the desert hear their cry, out on the mountains wild and high. my sheep wherever they be. Bring them in, bring them in, bring them in from the fields of sin. Bring them in, bring them in, bring the wandering ones to Jesus. I hope we're ready to do that. I hope we're ready to bring them in and uh, thank the Lord for his answered prayer. And thank the Lord for people that are coming that I hope that you're inviting. Go ahead and open your Bibles tonight, book of Second Chronicles, uh, chapter 29. 2 Chronicles, chapter 29. <clears throat> kind of going with uh, some of the things we've been talking about in our Sunday night class about revival, and it's not too early to start uh, uh, praying about uh, revival and getting things right with God. Uh, I want to title tonight's message, Whenever the Church Doors Close. Whenever the Church Doors Close. Um <clears throat> As Hezekiah came on the scene, and just take a quick look at he excuse me, <clears throat> and I'm going to be covering chapter 30 and 29, but <clears throat> pardon me. Look at 29:1, Second Chronicles 29:1. Hezekiah came on the scene, and it says he reigned nine and twenty years in Jerusalem, and so he had a definitely a, a long tenure, verse 2, and he did that which was right in the sight of God. And then it says he started, get, verse 4, he started gathering the preachers, if you will. They haven't been, had a lot of freedom. They've kind of been lackadaisical, if you will. Verse 6, um, it says, our fathers have trespassed. The, in, in the previous verse, it says, uh, 
Preachers, you got to sanctify yourselves. That's in verse 5. And notice it says, so everybody's been backslidden a while. Nobody has been doing right. Um, the church has been closed. Now, they didn't have church in the Old Testament the way we do. They called it a temple worship in Judaism. But here's the key. When the church doors close is verse 7. It says this. So Hezekiah come on the scene and he's looking around as the leader. And this is what he sees in verse 7. That the doors are shut up on the porch and the lamps are gone out. And they haven't burned incense nor offered burnt offerings in the holy place unto the God of Israel. Now how can I take verse 7? I was reading this, I said, if verse 7 ever happened today in the United States, it would... Uh, Many of you have done this. You've traveled on, you've had to come from afar. I think I look at B Buddy and he's been off on a pipeline way off somewhere. And he gets off. He says, I'm headed back to promised land. I've seen him post that before. I'm headed back to promised land. I'm headed back home. Well, he just happens to get off and he's leaving out on a Sunday. And as he drives through the many towns between promised land and wherever he left out of and many of you have traveled on sunday before and you've you've seen this said boy that church is full that church is full or if you're on a sunday night it's usually just two or three cars out front on sunday nights everywhere you travel but imagine a time in the united states where you would be traveling on a sunday and all of the church parking lots are empty Nobody goes to church anymore. It's done reached that bad. It's done got that bad in America, in the United States, that all the churches have closed. There's not a single one open anymore. We can't imagine that, can we? But folks, that when Hezekiah got elected, <laughs> not really, but you know what I mean, he came on the scene. That's the way it was. All the churches were closed. Basically, which means the preachers, they, they hadn't, no, they hadn't cracked the Bible open, the Levites, the priests. This, this got, this, this is wrong. I know this is wrong. And so he's looking around and he's saying, something's got to change. And he's a godly leader. He's, he's saying, and God has given him a heart. God has given him a right heart. God's given him burden. And he looks at the church house, the temple, the only one. And he sees it and there's, and, it, and it's shut. And the lamps, the wicks, they're all charcoaled up. The, the, the place to offer burnt sacrifices is all tore up and scalded. Everything is just fell apart. Deterioration. Matter of fact, it's done by the time they, and if we read the story and many of you know it, by the time he sets everything in order the first month, which is they're supposed to offer the Passover in the first month of their calendar year, it's done past. It's too late. Then he prays the Lord, can we do it the second month? And the Lord says, sure. Because the Lord is not concerned as much as the letter of the law as their hearts, and their hearts have been far from the Lord. And it's an amazing, amazing time 
And then it says, notice he shares his heart. In Second Chronicles 29.10, he says, Now it is in my heart to make a covenant with the Lord God that His fierce wrath may turn away from us. And so he starts getting everybody together. Look at verse 15. They gathered their brethren and sanctified themselves and came according to the commandment of the king by the words of the Lord to clean up the church, clean the house of the Lord. I like that. Let's go to the house of the Lord. Let's go to the sanctuary that we were talking about the other day in men's meeting, and we, we've had a lot of guests, aren't you? Uh, Jeff, you know, he, 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 he always gets it, you know, within a, uh, 10 or so. He's a count, count, count. He said we had about 285 this morning, and, and that's great. That's a good problem to have. It was elbow to elbow from Brother Ed back. Okay, and so and then just and then thank the Lord for that, and it's a great problem, and and bring them in, brother, bring them in, brother Bruce. Let's bring them in, and so that they they didn't have that problem. There's nobody. Lights is out. Nobody paid the light bill in a long time. <laughs> they hadn't even passed the hat in a while because nobody's showing up. But it says they met at the house of the Lord what to cleanse it. You see that in there in this verse 15 to cleanse it. And not only, folks, most people, before we clean the house of the Lord, we've got to clean a heart. And that's where they were starting. They were starting on this road. And I cannot imagine, because none of us in this room have grown up in a country that didn't have people going to church. But that's where Hezekiah found himself. That's amazing to me. He was experiencing something you and I have never experienced. And I hope and pray that we don't ever. Imagine what it would be like in the United States. There are, there are countries, there are countries, and I've been to a few of them, where there's, there's hardly any worship going on. Nobody loves, and the people that do go to church, they'll go to some, just a ceremonial style church, like an Orthodox religion or something like that. And that was in Moldova and Transnistria. And uh, say that ten times fast. Moving on. I want to, before I get this, uh, back at verse 15, it's their word says, and the people gathered their brethren and sanctified themselves. And then if you skip all the way over... <clears throat> This is pretty cool. They're starting to get right and they're starting to worship again. Look at verse 30, 2 Chronicles 29, 30. Moreover, Hezekiah the king and the princes commanded the Levites to sing praises to the Lord because that's part of worship. And, and, and the words of David and Asaph the seer, and they sang praises with gladness. That means they didn't, they, you know, all these kids today, one of the biggest sellers at Upward for our uh, concession stand is pickles and pickle juice, okay? But sometimes I think we're, we're singing with pickles hidden in the pews somewhere. And so I'm sure, and Miss Barbara, I've seen her do it before when I'm in the Christmas cantata choir. Just, you know, a little smile, a little something. And, and that's what's going on right here in verse 30. It says they sang praises with gladness and they bowed their heads and worshiped. And then verse 31, Hezekiah answered and said, Now you have consecrated yourself. Stop. 
Back in verse 15 and now in 31, there's two words I want to camp out on for just a second or two. The word you have sanctified, don't flip them, and consecrated. What does that mean? Man, them, Brother Chapman used to say to us, that's them big eight-cylinder words. Eight-cylinder words. Uh, consecrated and sanctified. Other preachers said you better get sanctified or get French fried, okay? And because uh, the hell's getting hotter and hotter, okay? So get sanctified or French fried, either one. Take your pick. Sounds like a big word, but what does it mean? Most people don't live a sanctified or consecrated life. Consecrated, sanctified, it means set aside. It means I'm going to separate. It actually means to pull apart, to pull out. I'm, in other words, you know. <clears throat> I got in trouble this afternoon as I ate a piece of chocolate cake that I did not know that somebody was wanting. <laughs> it had not been sanctified. It had not been consecrated. It had not been set aside, set apart, and put a, 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 a stamp of approval on the chocolate cake. So it was therefore unmarked. The 11th commandment also, just in case y'all don't know, any leftovers after church fellowships that Brother Trey and Brother Michael can eat anything in the kitchen that's not labeled. So just want to let y'all know, if y'all come up here and food's missing, we probably ate it. Okay. And uh, so just, uh, but hey, put you label it, we know it's what? Set apart. It's for someone else. It's not ours. Folks, we don't belong to the world. And if you want to be sanctified, if you want to be consecrated, if, if, so in other words, I, I, want, I want my life to be consecrated. I want my life to be sanctified. I want my life to be that God has His approval on me. He's put His name on me and that I have a right relationship with Him because I'm seeking Him and His name is put on me because I'm living for Him. You, can't, you don't do that accidentally. You have to make a conscious decision that I'm going to live a sanctified, a holy, a set-apart life. I don't want to live like everybody else. I want to. I don't want our church doors to close. I don't want our churches to, the lights, as it said back in verse 7, the lights to go out. Because nobody's coming. Hezekiah said in verse 31, now you have consecrated yourselves unto the Lord. What? Comma. I got a comma right there in my Bible and you probably do too. Come near and bring sacrifices and thank offerings into the house of the Lord. And the congregation brought in sacrifices and thanks offering. And notice it says, and as many as were of a free heart. In other words, you could bring these on your own. A burnt offering to be right with Him. <clears throat> the very last verse in this chapter is pretty cool. I like it whenever I can say that. That's just it's just awesome. What does it say in verse thirty six? Hezekiah rejoiced in all the people that God had prepared the people 
For this thing was done suddenly. Which means, folks, you don't have to wait for an act of Congress to get right with God. You don't need, I mean, you can hit your knees at any time. You can re, have revival and repentance. Even if nobody else does in the church, you can say, I, I, I can't, I don't answer for so and so. I don't have to, I, I can't wait for so and so. I've got to do business with God tonight. Nobody wants to do anything for God. Everybody's waiting for somebody else to do something for God. This thing was done suddenly. It means it was like a domino effect. And people were saying, I can't worry about that tribe. I can't worry about the Zebulun tribe. I can't worry about the tribe of Asher. I can't worry about the tribe of Benjamin. I've got to get right with God. And not worry about what everybody else is doing. It put, it put Hezekiah on shouting ground. Because he's rejoicing and he's rejoicing that all the people were being moved. And so, this small revival, if you keep reading the next chapter, and we won't for, of course, that'd be a whole other sermon, but it says that he, this revival spread, basically. This revival spread. The last verse that I want to end on is not in this chapter, but chapter 30, verse 20. It's what, it's what consecration and what sanctification. It just means I want to sanctify myself, but what it leads to. Second Chronicles thirty twenty says this. And the Lord hearkened or heard, listened to Hezekiah and healed the people. That's what he wants to do with us today. I I thank the Lord as we get ready for him invitation. I thank the Lord for what God and I know all of you can amen this what God has done is doing and will do for promised land. I and you can say this, I thank the Lord for what God has done is doing and will do in your life. What He will do in your life. You know what that means? It's contingent on one thing. Your relationship with Him. Because my relationship with God doesn't directly affect your relationship with God. Directly. It could indirectly. I could lead somebody astray. But, folks, it comes down to you. It comes down to you and me seeking Him.